0: The Start. On Demand. demand. Hey, it's Brett. It's the Tuesday edition of the podcast for The Start with Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. And today we're going to talk about shopping. Does it feel like the holidays, if you haven't gone out to do some shopping? I know online shopping is easy. It's convenient. You don't have to deal with crowds. But for me, part of the fun of the holidays is going out to find a gift in an actual brick-and-mortar store. So we'll have that discussion. We'll also discuss... The housing market and predictions for 2019 for the city of Winnipeg. Breakfast with the Bombers. We're going to look back at the 2018 CFL campaign for our football club and talk about 10 notable numbers as compiled by Ed Tate, Blue Bomber Director of Digital Content. Humane Society has a great initiative for this season. They are offering staycations where you go to the Humane Society and you take a dog home for a couple of days, for a week, because a lot of people think about getting pets for Christmas and sometimes it doesn't work out and then that dog has to go back. So if you're thinking about getting a dog for Christmas, this might be a great way to test the waters so to speak. We also want to tell you, while you listen to this podcast, about another podcast being introduced into the Chorus Entertainment Curious Cast Network. It's called Nothing Happens Here, Bedtime Stories for Grownups. If you're having problems sleeping, this is the podcast for you. saw a story in our news run here. Online shopping may be convenient, but for some, it's not the holidays unless you buy something in a store. ABC's Daria Albinger explains why. Some
1: people may finish their holiday shopping without going in a store. They'll do it all online. Others still prefer to kick it old school. Online,
2: you can't have that trial, that experience with the product.
1: Dr. Alad Greneau, Dean of the Business and Economic School at Ashland University, says you still have to go into the store because brick and mortar gives shoppers a full sensory experience they can't replicate online. Jerry Masiak knows that firsthand. He's run a shoe store in North Olmsted, Ohio, for 45 years.
3: Treating people the way you want to be treated in a store that's the way you get things done.
4: Daria Albinger, ABC News.
0: Now, we've put this question on Twitter, on Facebook, and on Instagram. Where do you weigh in in terms of shopping during the holidays? Do you like to go into the store, or do you prefer to do it online? And now we're going to have that discussion here. Jeff Braun is here. Kelly Moore is here. Jeff Fortier is here. Fortier, you've already got your mic cracked. What do you like to do?
3: Oh, I'm always in the store. Like yeah. Actually, I, I hate shopping. <laughs> but uh, when it comes to Christmas time, I like going to the store. I like seeing the lights. I like seeing everything around. Um I think this year, I, I, still, I still have a lot of shopping i got to do, Yeah, um, but I'm going to buy my brother's present online, probably. I should get on that, because uh, who knows <laughs> if I'll get here in time, but uh, yeah, um, I'm probably going to hit up the
1: stores uh, this afternoon. I feel like you're that guy, Jeff, because you're so nice that you'll end up with 10 more things than you need, though, because you'll walk in, and you're like, that's a nice, she was so nice to me, I'll get those two things, and then you'll like go over to the next thing, and you're just, I feel like you're oh, easily, it happens. I think you're easily <laughs> influenced by the kindness, which is good. It's a compliment. I, think, I think
3: Loren's lobbying for a Christmas gift right I, now, by the way. Could you sense that, <laughs> No to doubt eight? about it. No, I mean, I mean,
2: no, I meant I mean,
1: he's going to be convinced by the store clerks, not by friends.
2: The only thing she didn't include is her name's Lucy. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like to, I, I, I'm kind of
0: with you, Forte. I think that's one of the reasons why I prefer to, to go out and shop in store, because you, you get to see the lights, and maybe this is a, a sad comment on Christmas, but going out shopping and being surrounded by all the commercialization puts me into the Christmas spirit
3: somehow. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm <laughs> the same way. I'm the exact same way. Just, it's the feeling.
1: It's, I don't know, it's just part, part of Christmas. You today, guys I need guess. to watch
0: that Charlie Brown special and learn the true meaning of Christmas all over again. That's right. <laughs> but a part of it too is I like going out and just finding good gifts that I can then give to somebody and see the the smile on their face Uh, and I know you can do it online and I I bought some stuff online last week because I couldn't find it in store Uh, so in that sense okay I will relent and and, and go online it's not that I have anything against online I just prefer to go out and, and brave the crowds despite the frustration but it's that feeling for me it's that feeling of victory if I have defeated a crowd I've gone into the busy mall parking lot or whatever dealt with the traffic and come out with something in my hand, then I feel like I earned this.
3: Well, I just need to watch Jingle All the Way or five minutes of it and just go, oh, yeah, that's why I'm not really a big fan (laughs) of heading out into the mall. I used to be the December 23rd, December Mm. 24th guy. I will probably still be wrapping gifts on Christmas morning frantically. What? Oh, gosh, yeah. When it comes to that part of it, I am horrible... And so I just, yeah, I, the, the whole procrastination thing, I've gotten better on the shopping side, but still with the wrapping, I'm terrible at it. Jeff, you and I are going shopping today. Yeah. We mustn't talk about it, though. You know, we mustn't. You never know who's listening. Yeah, That's true. We don't want to spoil any no, surprises, absolutely. right? absolutely. Uh, I'm, honestly, I'm absolutely indifferent to Christmas shopping. It makes no difference to me. I make a list. I walk straight to what I need. I grab it. I pay for it. I leave.
1: No, oh, but you it have is the list. It's
3: just purely transactional. If you
1: have no list, then you're like me, you're well, frantic. You, and so I don't you know. just
3: go into a mall without a list, oh, no just plan. Just wandering
1: around. Just I've, done for inspiration.
3: <laughs> I've done that. I've done that. Don't you just, ask your kids what they want for Christmas? I know Christmas? what they
1: I know what they <laughs> want, but that's like, you know, that's simple. It's all the extras, little things that you want to do to make things special and trying to figure out yeah, and then you're trying to make it even and everyone gets the same amount and all that kind of stuff.
0: You made made the point earlier that the danger of of being finished your Christmas shopping ahead of time can then lead to more. And McNabb, you talked about the The impulse impulse buys. In recent years, last about five years, like I start by shopping in October, largely for budgetary purposes, because usually I'll wait till second week of December and then I got to go buy 10 to 15 gifts. And wow, there's my visa bill through the roof. So I'll try to buy a couple of gifts on October 1st and a couple on, on the 15th and so on as we get paid. And, but inevitably I finish first week of December before the main rush. And I feel like I'm missing out on being out while everyone's shopping. And then I, I do feel like I haven't done enough.
3: I can do more. Well, I don't know what the rules are at your house, Kelly, but we had the requalification conversation on Sunday about parameters for gift giving between Mm -hmm. Jackie and I. So we're doing this. We're not doing that. For uh, sure, because I'm totally guilty of breaking the rules. Yeah, I I try, but I mean, it just, it's like
2: ramming your head into a brick wall. You know, Christmas only comes once a year, and if I'm going to spoil our kids, I'm going to spoil our kids. So, <laughs> stay
1: out of it, Kelly. stay uh, out, out of do, it. And I
2: do, trust me, I do. But <laughs> you, I one thing hit, man, I, I try to get done early as well, but I still like to go out and not even have to shop. Just you know, whether it's stopping and having a coffee, or uh, just wandering around the mall and seeing all the activity and that sort of thing, and uh, you know, wishing people a merry Christmas who you don't even know. Yeah, that's the part that I get the kick out of the most. I try to I try to have all the uh, McNab uh, stress free shopping done by then, so that I'm not being frantic, and it's just it's just an enjoyable experience. Doing laps around the parking lot. You know, till you finally find that spot that's within a 20 minute walk of the mall. <laughs> oh, listen how he's trying to
1: sell this like it's the greatest day of his life. It just is, giving, fun. handing out kindness left and right while I'm sweating my way through the polo park. Oh I boy. Am, get out of
0: my way. Here yes, exactly. you we know, I can just see
2: McNabb. Yeah.
0: I do try to be strategic, though, as, on when I shop. I learned, oh boy, this was like seven, eight years ago. It was, I believe it was a Saturday and it was December 23rd which uh, my, my understanding is the 23rd is the busiest shopping is, yeah. day, not the yeah. 24th. Yeah. So I was driving by Kildone Place. My shopping was done, but I thought, oh, maybe I could find a stocking <laughs> stuffer. So I, pu- I pulled into the lot. I was heading westbound on Regent. So I turned, it, turned right, I think it's Rougeau, like where the mall and Canadian Tire sort yeah, of intersect. Yeah, yeah. And... Um, it took me 45 minutes just to loop around the mall because yep. I couldn't even turn left to get into the mall right. because there was so much traffic coming from the other way. It was gridlock, and I just thought, well, this uh, I need to abort this mission because I'm not getting into the mall. A
2: park, a park, at the, ab- park at the bulk barn and walk across. Well, the
0: well, that, all
3: the lots was, on a Saturday <laughs> afternoon?
0: All those lots. and I, Plus, I might end up going into bulk barn and buying some... Uh, <laughs> that's actually a good idea because they probably sell uh, that cheese salt for popcorn. There you go. That's
1: a good stocking stock. They also sell Pez? That's a great
0: idea, Kelly. I need to reload my Pez dispenser. Oh, I can't wait to
1: see. This is perfect. (laughs)
0: Bulk Pez? Yeah, they sell it in bulk. (laughs) Seriously? Well, you have to buy little packages, but they they sell it there. Oh, okay. Completely forgot about that. Thank you very much, Kelly. McNabb, we begin, we start this hour with housing prices.
1: Yeah, if you're sitting on a house and looking to sell or looking to buy, what would be the right move for you in 2019? Uh, we're hearing housing prices will rise in most markets, according to Royal LePage, with the greatest growth expected in Montreal. But Winnipeg will see prices climb too. For more on just how much, we're joined by Michael Fraser with Royal LePage. Good morning, Michael.
5: Good morning. Thanks for
1: having me. Well, thanks for being on. Uh, how, how is the market looking as we head into the new year? You
5: know, the market is looking uh, is looking quite healthy and you know what i got to say the word that comes really to mind is the word resilient uh, because uh, we, Winnipeg and uh, like much of Canada has faced a lot of uh, regulatory changes, a lot of external forces that have had some negative impacts on the market, but Winnipeg continues to hold strong with a 1.3 uh, percent
3: price increase forecast of 2019. There are some markets that are forecast to regress a little bit, uh, Michael. So one point three is a win, I would say, if you're an investor or someone who, who really keeps track of the value of their home in, in terms of calculating their their personal wealth. Absolutely,
5: and as though you know, one point three, it's not a huge number, but at the same time, I agree, it's a big win because you look at our some of our Western counterparts. You know, we identify a lot with Regina and Edmonton, Calgary. Those have all been forecasted for negative, um, I guess, price decreases. So uh, Winnipeg's in a, in a good position going forward.
0: Which areas are you expecting to be maybe a little bit hotter than others?
5: Well, you know, it's, uh, there's some of the classic neighbourhoods. I mean, hey, you know, River Heights is always kind of, um, you know, sets the benchmark for stability and with home prices. Uh, but it's really about the price ranges as well. Uh, that 250 to 350000 kind of in that median range of what our average sell price is. Those ones are expected to be uh, the busiest. Again, as we're seeing more, uh, what we determine is peak millennials. So those are those ages 25 to 31 looking for their first home. Those are generally the price ranges they're looking in. And we see an influx of those buyers Uh, and also baby boomers sort of downsizing. So those are the markets we see um, that continue to see the best growth.
0: Now, you mentioned river heights though uh, I've heard that uh, that area might be might have softened a little bit over the last year uh softened and stability aren't uh, two words that really go together in my head
5: well it it's one of those things it's still the most um the most but it's a very highly desirable neighborhood right and i know there's there's always lots of um you know migration uh throughout Winnipeg and going to the suburban areas but River rates is just one of those ones that even though it's softened it's come down from like amazingly excellent to really good. So it might have softened but it's still on the whole a really good good spot.
3: So the aggregate price uh, I'm guessing that means average price is just over uh 300,000 and just other 310 at 309829. Michael, I can remember when the average price of a house in Winnipeg was $88,000 and it wasn't that long ago.
5: Right. It, it, seems, uh, it seems like a rapid ascent to, to a lot of people. But, uh, you know, if you actually ch- if you chart it out over the last since 1970, Winnipeg has this. It only had a down, our, our price, average price has only gone down three times since 1970. But it hasn't been uh, on a track, I'll say, I'll pick on Calgary as an example, who really rides waves, right? Look at oil. Calgary's prices will shoot up double digits and sometimes they fall double digits. Uh, Whereas Winnipeg, we kind of see the slow and consistent, steady growth. So uh, over the last 10 years, definitely uh, from 2007, 2010, 11, we saw a bit more uh, aggressive growth. Uh, But now it seems to be back to these kind of consistent Winnipeg steady, healthy numbers.
1: Yeah, the increase again that's being predicted by Royal LePage is 1.3% on housing prices in 2019. So that's not a lot. Is it a a buyer's and seller's market then as a result? Because you might not lose that much and you might not... Either way you go?
5: Yeah, I mean, we consider it to be a pretty balanced market going forward into 2019. Uh, but again, the market is very cyclical. So when we look at, you know, I say at a period right now, like we're entering into, hey, these are the cold months, right? So generally speaking, sales will decrease uh, over these winter months. And then we start to see an increase into the spring market. And depending on neighbourhoods, depending on price ranges, uh, you know, this year, at, um, it was about 21% of all homes on the market saw multiple offers. So that's still one in every five is seeing a a multiple offer situation which means four to five is, and 80% of them aren't, but there still are there's still uh, multiple offers and, and houses selling for more than what they're listed on a consistent basis, especially in those spring and summer months.
3: Uh, Michael, we've just got about 40 seconds here, but uh, these new mortgage rules, I read that in Edmonton it, it's costing, in terms of your potential buying power, up to $100,000 in that market. Do we have a similar number? Do we know what that number is in Winnipeg? Well, it's roughly
5: about 16% of what a purchasing, uh, it affects the purchasing power of so, of an individual. So, yeah, depending if you are at the, you know, the higher limits, then it would, could definitely be upwards of 100000 And, you know, if you're looking at it, my math's not going to be great here, but, uh, you know, at 300000 it's about closer to 46000 So it depends on the range, but that's, it affects at about 16% of your purchasing power.
0: Michael Frey is with Royal LePage. Thank you so much for joining us this morning to talk about Housing predictions for 2019 in the city of Winnipeg.
3: Yes, indeed. Before the uh, calendar turns on 2018, we thought we'd toss out the numbers that may resonate with Blue Bomber fans on this edition of Breakfast with the Bombers. We know they hit a sweet spot with the Blue Bomber director of digital content, Ed Tate, well, because he compiled the list. Ed joins us now on Breakfast with the Bombers. Good morning, Eddie. How are you guys? Doing great. How about you? All set for Christmas? Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm just about ready. Let's oh, go. Right on. Okay, Eddie's second annual installment of ten notable numbers is available now at BlueBombers.com. We can't make our way through the entire list. So let's take a look at three important numbers, Ed. First off, the Bombers led the CFL in points in 2018, 550, and also in offensive points co- scored at 507 or 28.2 points per game. They give it to Keenan LaFrance, and he's in for the touchdown. Keenan LaFrance has his first touchdown as a Blue Bomber, and the Bombers now have 55 points. I think that was against a ga- uh, game against uh, Montreal Ed, impressive numbers. What do they mean?
6: Well, it's been a long time since this club uh, led the league in scoring. You have to go back to 2002. It, it means uh, I think that, you know, their offensive line is, was pretty powerful. We we all know that they had Andrew Harris, but given their receiving core, which a lot of people have identified as an area of need in the off season, uh, I thought that Matt Nichols did a pretty good job. And also, you have to remember he missed the first four games, the first three games of the year. So uh, some good work from a rookie and Chris Treveller And to, to top it all off, uh, you have to tip your hat to Paul Apolice and his creativity and what they've done on that side of the ball. But I, I think there's even more to give. And I, on everybody on that side of the ball would say that, too, that this offense could get even better in 2019.
1: Another number you were pointing to in your online article is 20.8. The Bombers' defense surrendered an average of 20.8 points per game this season, ranking second in the CFL to the Calgary Stampeders at 17.8. Here's a
0: clip to illustrate that point.
1: Fires left side, intercepted! Marcus Sales and he's knocked out of bounds by Manziel, but
2: that's the game. Marcus Sales moved in front of the receiver and picked
1: it off. So, Ed, that's a huge improvement over last season. Just how much better was the defense?
6: Yeah, that's the key number to me of all the ones you trot out. The defense was, as everybody knows, in, in, in 2016 and 2017, they, they made the playoffs. But in the playoff games, the defense was kind of exposed or lit up. And so the, the improvements they made on that side of the ball were huge. But now the question becomes, heading into this offseason, you've got all kinds of free agents on that side of the ball, including Adam Bighill. And so as much as they made a, a bunch of progress on that side, uh, you know, you've got a bunch of question marks, too, heading into free agency. So everybody wants to see Adam Big Hill back, but uh, some other potential free agents are Jackson Jeffcoat and, and Brandon Alexander, Tristan Opala, Hugo, Drake Nevis, so uh, javan Santos Knox. There's a lot of guys there that aren't signed yet, so you'd like to see them uh, retain a bunch of that talent because they did make a lot of steps this year.
3: All right, the third number we're going to look at is 38.4. Ed, it's impossible for us to gather for a Blue Bomber conversation without discussing the impact of Bomber's running back, Andrew Harris. Hands
6: it off to Andrew Harris to the 35, the 30, the 25, the 20. This is a Bomber touchdown. Andrew Harris runs off right tackle, finds a nice hole, and nobody was going to touch him before he got to the end
2: zone.
3: Now, number 33, very special to Harris. I don't think the league would allow 38.4 on his jersey. What does that number mean as it relates to uh, the star Canadian running back?
6: Well, it's the percentage of touches that he had of the offense this year, which is a, a really an enormous number. We know he's going to carry the ball an awful lot because you know he's won back-to-back rushing titles, but he also had 58 catches this year. And when you combine the carries and catches – that's 38.4% of the team's touches uh, this past season. And, And the significance of that is that there's no other player in this league that is as busy as Andrew Harris out of the backfield. Now, a lot of people would say there's nothing wrong with that because he's, you know, rushing for almost six yards a carry. And I think his average catch is about eight yards per carry or per reception. But, you know, if you want more offensive balance, if you want to add a couple more receiving threats, then maybe that means less touches for Andrew Harris. I mean, it's never a bad thing to hand the ball to to number 33, but uh, it becomes easier for defenses to defend if he's getting the ball almost 39%, 40% of the time.
0: More details at BlueBombers.com. Ten notable numbers of 2018 with Blue Bomber Director of Digital Content, Ed Tate, joining us live this morning. Ed, thank you so much.
6: Right on, guys. Have a good day.
0: Red McNabb, we want to start this hour with something really cool from Mm -hmm. the Winnipeg Humane Society.
1: Yeah, I think this is a great idea because you know, a lot of us might stay home for the holiday season having what we call a staycation. And so the Winnipeg Humane Society is suggesting, if you're staying home, why not consider a staycation for a needy pet, essentially allowing you to adopt a dog for the weekend or a couple of days and maybe even test your skills as a pet owner. Javier Svorsensky is with the Humane Society and joins us in studio now. Good morning.
7: Hi, good morning. Thank you for having me.
1: Well, where did this idea come from?
7: Well, our uh, wonderful adoption staff, um, we're in connection with other shelters across North America, and we saw a similar program uh, a few months ago, and we said, well, wh- why don't we try it uh, in our society? It really started with our uh, larger and medium-sized dogs that uh, have extended stay in, in adoptions, and, you know, we're a shelter, so we, we don't have couches. We, uh, we do have a kind of a set time where lights go on, light goes off. It's a bit like a hospital. It's a very sterile environment uh, in some ways. So we say, why don't we give these dogs a break so their mental health improves and they are better adoption candidates? And we had great success. And then we had a challenge from staff say, well how don't we empty out all our adoption pods just for the Christmas season? and give these dogs a wonderful opportunity, and then give people that may be thinking about having a pet at home the chance to meet these animals and see how they feel about it. That's
3: a two, two-sided two benefit here, right? Because a lot of people think it's cute to buy a puppy or buy, buy a pet for either for their kid or their grandchild or someone that they know and love. But that's a really stressful time for animals. And then conversely, you have this opportunity where you can, you know... Welcome an animal in need into your home at a special time when there are lots of people around. So
7: you look at it two ways, right? Yes. And, you know, we say adopt, don't shop. And, you know, that's a wonderful thing of rescuing an animal from a a shelter or or a rescue. And uh, there's a commitment that you, you, you make when you're taking a pet home. And uh, sometimes we can explain to you what it is, but you don't fully grasp the, the, the responsibility and the joy of uh, having a pet in your, in your home. And this is a perfect way in which you can kind of test the waters. And, and, uh, but also give these this animals a great opportunity uh, to enjoy some time off and, and, and to really do what pets do. You know, pets belong in homes and they are companions. And uh, it, we we see it as a perfect uh, perfect match, yes.
1: So, do you actually get? I'm curious. People people will go out and get this gift of an animal for Christmas, and do you find post holiday, like in January, people will be dropping off dogs saying, "Yeah, like I just it was a bad idea or it didn't work out."
7: You know, we we have some. We I looked at the numbers of the you know a few past years, and there's not a. a, a I can see the trend, but we definitely, we see two things. We, we see some people surrendering animals because they purchased an animal and they say, well, or, or someone did as a gift. I don't, I don't want it. I, I don't know what to do with it. I don't know how to train this puppy to pee outside. Um, and then we, we have those who come and say, I want to surprise my family with a, with a puppy. And we will not adopt an animal without meeting the entire you know, household. If there are other animals to make it you know, meet and greet. And so they say, well, to make it difficult. We, we don't try to make it difficult. But this is a, kind of a very important decision, a long-term decision. It's a want.
3: lifelong decision engagement it's Absolutely. a lifelong
7: commitment right it's, it's 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 joyful it's amazing but you need to be ready so this way there's no judgment you know there is there's really an opportunity to test the waters if things work out and you want to keep the, the, the dog wonderful if not not a problem it goes back to other options it will be adopted to you know another individual or family that is you know willing to, to make the in or just you know sometimes something magic happens in those meetings in which you connect With a pet. And uh, it's not about the looks of the pet. It's really about the demeanor. And every what I learned, and we have over 9,500 animals coming through the Humane Society every year, every pet is an individual. It's different. It has their own personality. And what we do is a matchmaking service.
0: Is it bad or is it hard on the dogs to go to a home for a couple of days and then have to come back?
7: You know, it's it's better than the alternative, which is to be more lonely because we have less volunteers. We, we, we have 750 volunteers. We couldn't do our work without them. And the holiday season is, is stressful because we, we we're trying to keep up with, you know, making sure that the welfare of the animal is taken care of. And welfare is not only their physical health and feeding them, but also going for walks and having time with them. They need to spend time with humans. That's what dogs and cats need. So um, it's actually, we've seen it is, that's very very beneficial to them. They just get a nice break, and uh, they come back way more relaxed. Actually, it's, like the it's rest great. of
1: us, if we get a vacation, we come back a little bit more well rested. So how how do you do it? If you, you don't just give them to anybody who walks through the doors, no, right? There's an no. application
7: process. Please don't come to my office right now <laughs> saying I want a pet, and there's a limited number. So you go to willipachumanesociety.ca. There's a big banner right now. You click on staycation, and then you fill out a form, and uh, there are limited sp- spots. Roughly ten that we have And you know, it changes every day depending on how many dogs we have in adoptions right now, uh, and we will get back to you uh, between you know twenty-four and forty-eight hours ahead of time. Those who, um, you know, it's first come first served, but don't be discouraged because this program will continue on after the holidays. So we will get you know get back to everyone that wants to uh, participate, and again, with over three thousand dogs uh, every year, there will be plenty of opportunities for Winnipeggers to help us out.
0: Javier Schwerspensky is the name of our guest. He's with the Winnipeg Humane Society. And you can get more information at our 680CJOB Instagram. We've uh, attached a link for this program to that where you can get more details. If you're curious about this, if you want to get a dog for your family, but you're not sure if it's going to be the right fit, you can take a dog for a staycation. Javier, great to meet you. Thank you for doing this. Thank you. Happy Holidays. (laughs) Mackling McGarry McNab on 680 CJOB. Right now, we want to talk to you about a new podcast being added to Chorus Entertainment's Curious Cast Network, and it's going to help you go to sleep. It's called Nothing Much Happens, Bedtime Stories for Grownups. And the host is Catherine Nicolai. She joins us now on 680 CJOB. Catherine, good morning to you.
4: Good morning. Thanks for having me. How are you? really well i slept great
1: (laughs) well we we did not i would think i can speak for our whole morning show when i say getting up at three in the morning does not quite make for a well-rested person i'm sure what time do you try to go to sleep uh for me i'm aiming for about an 8 p.m sleep yeah yeah and i don't really know if i can go any earlier than that so there you are (laughs) <laughs> but for the rest of the average folks out there, first of all, the this whole topic, what what was the impetus for it? Well, part of it was.
4: Um, Just noticing how many people in my life, I'm a yoga teacher, so I talk to people about their health all the time, how many people I interact with every day have a hard time falling asleep, and just following sort of the science behind it and seeing the impact it has on people's long-term health and even the little choices that we make every day. You know, things like if you're not getting enough sleep, if you miss a couple hours of sleep, you're likely to eat as many as an extra 600 calories the next day. So we don't think about all like the little dominoes that get tipped over when we don't sleep well, but I was just thinking of that sort of as a yoga teacher and somebody who's involved in health. And then also I've used this technique my whole life of a little bit of narrative and storytelling to fall asleep. So I thought, you know, can I put this together and help people sleep better at night?
3: Now, my issue, Catherine, isn't necessarily falling asleep, but falling asleep when I'm not supposed to. I can fall asleep just about anywhere. I fall asleep uh, sitting up, uh, reading with my kids. I fell asleep waiting for the car wash the other day. (laughs) So this, you know, chronic lack of sleep can have a detrimental effect uh, down the road and in other parts of our day. Fair to say?
4: Absolutely. And that's definitely a symptom of somebody not getting enough sleep during the night as the body's trying to recoup during the day. So it sounds like you need my show.
0: Well, and if for people who have problems with sleep, I mean, I love the name Bedtime Stories for Grown Ups, but this is a podcast that can really help people who might be having problems either getting to sleep or staying asleep or just figuring it out.
4: Absolutely. You know, a lot of us, we're we're on our devices right up until the moment we go to bed. It's a stressful world. You know, it's easy to feel overwhelmed and sort of overstimulated. And then we try to turn things off and go to sleep. And a lot of people, they might be able to go to sleep, but then they wake up again. And so it's hard to find that consistent seven or eight hours at night. So the idea of the podcast is I'm giving you someplace to put your brain that is not Facebook. It's not the news. It's not the worries that you have. You need to have this bridge between your day and your sleeping life where you can kind of dial everything down. And so that's where you fit the podcast in it. Just like when you were a little kid, you know, you got read to sleep at night. And I think as adults,
1: we still deserve that. It's interesting you mentioned kids. And I think about this now with two young ones, all the effort you work Mm -hmm. in making sure that your children have a well-rested night, that they don't watch television before they go to bed, that the snack became a few hours earlier. And then we suddenly grow into, I don't know what age it happens, but we decide that doesn't apply to me anymore when it's (laughs) probably one of the most important things we could do in our day.
4: Absolutely. And it definitely does apply to us. And I think especially with screen time right now, you know, we're stimulating the brain, we're trying to stay awake, and or we're keeping ourselves awake. And then we're trying to just flip a switch. We wouldn't expect our kids to do that. We know that they need to wind down and shut down slowly. And we're no different as adults.
0: What kind of stories do you tell in bedtime stories for grown-ups?
4: Um, Well, just like the the title says, Nothing Much Happens, the idea is that they're really simple, cozy stories where you don't have to worry, like, wait up and see what happens. Because I tell you right from the beginning, nothing much is going to happen. And I tell the story twice. So that, that kind of gives people permission too. like they think, oh, it'll come around again. Like if I slip off to sleep, um, I can I can hear it again. But usually they'll fall asleep right away within the very first few minutes. There are stories about things like um, being snowed in or, um, you know, going to the library, spending a day in the bookshop. They're really just comfortable, cozy stories um, full of relaxing detail that will give the mind like a nice landing place to nestle into.
0: All right, Catherine Nikolai. Thank you so much for joining us, and thanks for doing what you do. And Greg, I know you like to listen to podcasts yes. and stuff
3: while you sleep, don't I you? Do. Yeah, I do. It's a bad habit. I, I just it, it helps me do exactly that. It it shuts off my brain and 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 distracts me from the from the topics and the issues of the day for sure.
0: You can find yeah. the
3: podcast. Thank
0: you so much, Catherine Nikolai, the host of the latest edition of Course Entertainment's Curious Cast Network. The show is called Nothing Much Happens, Bedtime Stories for Grownups. I put a link to it on 680CJOB's Instagram story. You can find it there. We'd love for you to follow us there. The Start On Demand is available on Apple Podcasts, Google
7: Podcasts, and anywhere you find your favorite podcasts.